You're listening to a message from Third Church in Richmond, Virginia, where we believe we are called together for the renewal of all things through Jesus Christ. To learn more about Third or how you can get involved with our community, please check out our website, thirdrva.org. That's T-H-I-R-D-R-V-A dot org. Thanks for listening. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for um, your good work in our hearts. And we look to you now as we look to your word. We want you to instruct us by your Holy Spirit. Teach us what we need to hear from you and your spirit so that we would not just become hearers of the word, but those who do it. Lord, we look to you now asking for your spirit's illumination and work in our hearts, asking it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to hear our scripture reading today from uh, Andrew and Jesse Foster, who are our mission partners in Granada, Spain. So let's listen to the word together. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. John 20, 19 through 21. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're privileged to have Fakri Yaqub, pastor of the Christian Arabic Church, um, our sister congregation here to deliver the word to us this morning. So welcome, Fakri. Good morning. I'm so happy to be with you this morning. Ed, again, forgot to mention that I'm originally from Egypt. And uh, because I am from Egypt, uh, before I start, there is something I have to brag about. Um, Last week, the world stood still watching the Pharaoh's Golden Parade. How many watched this uh, live or recorded? Some of you, yes. Uh, You can look it up on YouTube or uh, everywhere. It was it was great event that uh, held in Cairo, Egypt, uh, Saturday, Mar- uh, April 3rd, just the day before Easter. During this event, 22 mummies belonging to uh, 22 kings and queens from ancient Egypt were moved or uh, transported to uh, from the uh, Egyptian uh, old uh, museum 
to the new, new National Museum of Egyptian Civilization. As I watch it, these 22 mummies for the uh, ancient kings and queens of Egypt, I was, I was so happy, I was so proud. My heart was filled with joy because my king, Jesus Christ, is alive. He's not dead. His body is not in a museum or a gravesite or somewhere where people can go visit, but he is alive. It reminded me with uh, what's uh, written in the book of Job, Job uh, 19:25. It says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And the Arabic translation, my Redeemer lives, is uh, the word waliyi hay. And waliyi refer to God as the one who is responsible for me the one who takes care of me, the one who protects me. So the one who is responsible for me, take care of me, protect me, my king, Jesus Christ, is alive. He's not a mummy. He is alive. And this is a message, or one of the messages, uh, spread out and uh, was sent many times during uh, the, the time of the, uh, Jesus' resurrection. Fear not, because Jesus is alive. If you read the four Gospels, you will find out this after resurrection, this message was sent by the angels and even uh, uh, Jesus himself several times to the women, to the disciples, to many believers, fear not. He is risen. He is risen. It was a time of fear. The, the disciples were very afraid. Uh, you can imagine all the hopes they built in the past few years vanished, gone. The rabbi, their Lord, their master, who promised them a better life, lost his life on the cross, died, buried. When Jesus met with uh, two of the disciples on the road to Amos, they told him, we were hoping that he would redeem or save Israel, but this hope is gone. They were afraid. And this message was particularly for them and for us. Fear not. This message was not for everyone. In, in the text we heard, the, the guards were also frightened, afraid. And the Bible described it as this in, in verse 4. The, the guards were so afraid of him, of the angel, that they shook, they, um, shook and became like dead men. But the angel didn't tell them, do not be afraid. They, they have the right to be afraid. They, they're supposed to be afraid. But then in verse 5, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know you are looking for Jesus Christ who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And, and you find in, in, in uh, this text in Matthew 28 and in John 20, that there are many contradicting words. That The Bible says, the women then came out of the tomb afraid yet filled with joy. And in, in John 20, it says the disciples were afraid, but then they were rejoiced when they saw Jesus and they filled with joy. So this message immediately turned fear into joy, whether with the women at the tomb or the disciples were at their hiding place because they heard this powerful resurrection message about Jesus. He the one who was crucified, died, and buried, now he is alive. He is 
risen. He is risen. I think many of you will agree with me uh, when I say that this time, our time, fear is the theme. In our local communities, our families, our uh, nation, worldwide, fear is the theme. There are many reasons to fear. Fear because of racial tension. The media made this issue that, that, that into a, a, a point that uh, made, it, made us afraid of each other. No matter who we are or where you came from, we became afraid of each other. Same thing happened with the disciples. The Bible says in John 20, verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And if you continue reading church history, you will find out that this fear grew in the church, not just from the people outside the church, but even among believers, among brothers and sisters inside the church became a bigger problem between believers who came from a Jewish background and believers who came from a Gentile background. Fear. Fear. We are afraid of each other this day because of racial tensions and other social uh, tensions. Fear because of political tension here in our uh, uh, nation and worldwide. We are afraid of what is happening in our nation's capital. We are afraid of what is happening in our state capital. We are afraid even of what is happening in the downtown of our city or our uh, uh, close local communities. We are afraid of what is our political leaders are saying or doing. And sometimes even we are afraid of what they are not saying or not doing. We are afraid. We are afraid for because of economic uncertainty. And I can go on. The list, the list is, is very big. But most of all, most of all, we are afraid because of the coronavirus pandemic. No doubt, this, this pandemic has, has made life difficult for everyone all over the world. As of today, 135 million people infected worldwide. 2.92 million died because of this virus. Many people lost loved ones. And all of us separated from one another. We are afraid of one another. Afraid to talk to each other, afraid even to shake hands, afraid to hug each other, afraid to come close to each other, afraid to face-to-face -face, uh, communicate with each other. We are afraid of getting sick, getting infected with the virus, and most of all, afraid of losing loved ones. Life as we know it, change it. Change it. You know, before that, uh, when you go out, look at the mirror, check your outfit, you know, you make sure first everything is look good, but also you didn't forget any piece of your clothes. Now, you make sure you didn't forget your mask. You can forget any piece of your clothes. <laughs> a, I mean, any, but don't forget your mask. You go out without your mask, people will look at you as you're naked. <laughs> Our life changed. In all the difficult situations we've been through, but this one is the most difficult time in our life. In my 25 years of ministry here in Richmond, 
I experienced a lot of difficult situations. I was in hospital rooms with people uh, uh, passed away many times, many times. One time I was holding uh, the, the man's uh, head with my hand, my other hand was in his hand, together we're singing his favorite song while he was uh, telling me they came to take me, I'm, I'm going with them. And another woman, I was uh, on, on her bedside holding her hand from one side, her husband was holding her hand from the other side, praying and singing her favorite songs while she was going to the Lord. I had to arrange their funeral uh, uh, arrangements from A to Z, all the details, because the family didn't know how to do that. During these times, I was very sad, and sometimes mad, but not afraid, because I knew where they were going. Many times I rushed to accident scenes, and I'm not, I'm not in the risk squad, but when, when someone involved in accidents, they don't speak English, so the first one, before 911, they call me, and then they call 911, so I rushed to the scene, and, and, and be with them during that hard time. One time I stood in the street with a family while their apartment was burning in fire. I was stressed out, all these situations, but not afraid. Last year, um, in March, LJ and I led a uh, medical mission trip to our sister church in Egypt, El Sharabiya. And while we were there, uh, that the coronavirus was declared worldwide pandemic. We start to hear news about airports shutting down, air fl uh, flights are canceled and all of that. I was very nervous. How are we going to get this group back to their families, back home in uh, Richmond? And uh, what, what happened if I uh, stayed here a long time and separated from my family in Richmond? And what is going to happen to our partners here in Egypt and the rest of my family there? All of that made me very nervous, but I was not afraid. But when coronavirus hit hard our congregation in August and September of last year, when 85 people got infected in a matter of days, including three in my family, it was hard, was different. Trying to take care of sick family members and to take care of congregation members without being able to be close to them was very, very hard. One person said, I'm afraid. I'm not afraid of the virus, but I'm afraid because I don't know what is going to happen next. With this virus, no one can expect what is going to happen next. Fear. Another person said, I'm afraid to die alone and no one is with me. Another one called me around 1 a.m. and said, Pastor, I am afraid some strange things happening in my room. The walls are moving. I don't know, maybe the, the bed is moving. But everything is moving. Even, even the, the uh, uh, alarm clock is moving back and forward. I'm afraid. What's happening to me? Am I going to die? Another person called and said, I'm not afraid of dying because I know where I'm going. I'm afraid of what is going to happen to my family here if I die and you don't have any relatives. During the first week of the 
outbreak in our congregation and in my family, I started to worry. Yes, I've been through a lot of difficult situations, but this time it was different. During the second week, I started to be afraid, thinking a lot of things could happen. During the third week, I became anxious. Fourth week, I was de depressed. I stayed there in depression for about a week. Uh, during the day, call and take care of everyone, make sure everyone has the medicines they need, the food they need, uh, the support that they need. But then at night, uh, I sit alone and cry most of the night. When the outbreak started, I started a support group, a chat group on Facebook Messenger for the infected people, called it the Corona people. In Arabic, uh, it sounds uh, like the, you know, the uh, titles of the letters of Paul, like the letter to the Corinthians, so I called it the Corinthians group. <laughs> and we, in, in this group, we used to um, support each other, pray with and for each other, uh, share what is going on, what is happening with everyone, and also share medical information. Uh, people used to share uh, symptoms and concerns and questions. I took those, I had another chat group with three doctors from third, share with them these concerns, ask them uh, what medicines they should take, and then go back to the uh, uh, sick group and tell them, if you have fever, you should take this. If you have cough, you should take this. Take this for body ache and uh, headache, and that for this, and, and so on. One day, a person in the group asked, Pastor, can you ask the doctors what medicine should we take for fear? I couldn't answer, because I myself needed this medicine. I was there myself. I didn't know what to say. But the next day, another person in the group answered. She was from a Muslim background. She said, love. Love is the cure for fear. Love is the best cure for fear. The love of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of our brothers and sisters in our church. And she said, third church. The love of us for each other. The support, the support to provide for each other, for one another. And this answer was a cure for me. The love of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the love of the body of Jesus Christ is the best cure for fear. Sometimes we try to handle fear and anxiety on our own. Sometimes we try to use ways that make it worse because sometimes when we fail, guess what? Fear and anxiety increase. We make it worse. As a demonstration, I will take you back one more time to Egypt. A uh, few weeks ago, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was another event in Egypt that grasped the whole world's attention. A massive container ship by the name Ever Given stuck in the Suez Canal for six days, as you see in the picture here. First, the Suez Canal company brought a bulldozer to try to free the stock. 
shit. But it didn't work, as you can tell. <laughs> then the company used an excav excavator. I try, I practice this word many times. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But it didn't work either. Then they brought other equipments to uh, pull the ship from this wreck, but it didn't do anything. They tried to use these little equipments to free a 1,300-foot-long, 200,000-metric-tons uh, ship. And this is what we do sometimes. You know, if you look, uh, go back to the first picture. First picture is, imagine, the, the, the Swiss Canal is our life. And this ship is fear and anxiety. And what we do, we try to free it with bulldozers. Or try to pull it away with other things. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. After six days, finally, salvage crews were able to free the ever-given massive container ship with a key assist from above, literally from above, from the moon. Yes, high tide, high tide lifted the ship and was able to sail back into the stream of the Suez Canal. High tide, help from above, help freeing the massive cargo ship. Same thing with us. We need help from above, not from the moon. You know, the Psalm 120 says, where, where, where should I get help? From the mountains? No, not from the mountains, not from the moon. From the risen Jesus Christ, from the all-powerful Jesus Christ. I, put, I use this uh, analogy because someone later on uh, put this picture on Facebook, picture number four. He said, uh, uh, this is how I deal with my fear and anxiety, my COVID, depression, and anxiety, and then... I try to, you know, relieve it with some uh, uh, walking every day. But what's going to happen, you know? Uh, same thing like the bulldozer, bulldozer did with this massive ship. We need help from above. We need help from our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is alive. The risen Christ, our Lord says, fear not. Fear not. And this message was repeated many times after the resurrection, but also was repeated many times throughout the Bible. In Isaiah 41, and, and, and hear this and look at this picture and keep it in your mind. It says, so, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will hold you. I will lift you up. I will not to pull you or not to dig around your problems, but I will lift you. I will lift you with my hand. In Isaiah 43, it says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. See, you are very dear to his heart. He loves you. He loves you. He says, you are mine. You are mine. And, and you know what that means? If you are his, that means your problems, your struggles, the hard uh, situations you're going through, it's his too. 
It's his too. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I will be with you. Even if you're stuck, I will be with you. I will free you. I am with you always. You know, if Christ promised to be with us, but he is still dead in a tomb or museum or is a mommy, we should fear, right? If Christ is alive, but he is not with us, we should fear. If Christ is alive and promised to be with us, but he is not able to do anything with our problems, he's not capable, he's not powerful enough, he's not in control, we should fear. But Jesus Christ, our Lord, our King, is alive. He is with us, and he is powerful. He is in control. That means the battle you're going through, the struggle you're going through, belongs to him, not you. Fear not. Fear not. Some people say, and I didn't uh, do a fact check uh, to, to confirm this, but you can do it, or maybe Facebook or Twitter will do it, but some people say, fear not is in the Bible 365 times. You know, 365, that means once for every day of our life. One promise for every day. I didn't do a fact check to confirm this, but I know something. Jesus said, I am with you always to the end of the ages. In the Arabic translation, the most common Arabic translation, it says, I am with you every day. Every day. Not day in, day out, but uh, and not in the weekend and uh, the weekdays not, or the weekdays or uh, I, I will rest in the weekend, but every day, seven days a week, every day, I am with you always to the very end of the ages. I am with you every day. And Paul asked this question, if Christ is with us, who can be against us? If Christ is with us, who or what can be against us? If Christ is with us, and Christ loves us that much, and Christ uh, died for us and redeemed us, and he is alive, and he is in control, fear not, fear nothing. A few days uh, after Easter, uh, one of uh, the young men in our congregation got infected. You know, many of them work at, as, as uh, uh, cashiers at Walmart and places like this, so they are exposed most of the time. I asked him, how are you feeling? What are you doing? He said, I will answer you with this phrase from a song I am listening to right now. The song is titled, You Are Here. And he said, same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Same power that conquered the grave lives in me. I would like to remind you and remind myself of this fact. That same power that conquered the graves lives in you, lives in me, lives in us. I would like to conclude with this wonderful scene from the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. John says, when I saw him, when he saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as thought did, 
Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. Imagine yourself in this scene. Not John, you. And imagine you are with Jesus with all your fears and anxiety and all what you're going through. And imagine he is placing his right hand in you and saying this, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. Let us pray. Risen Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are alive and you are with us. Through any canal we might go through, you are with us any time we get stuck in fear and in anxiety. You are with us in this difficult time. Lord, help us not to be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, to let our requests be known to you. Help us to come with our life and everything in it that causes us to fear and have anxiety and get stressed and depressed and bring it to you because it belongs to you, not us. Thank you for fighting the battles. The one that you fought on the cross for us and every battle and every day in our life. We praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.